you can use the same physical tool and switch between like an active material. So there's a new concept of a, a material and a machine in the in the tool database. Welcome to the Think It, Make It podcast with your host, Eric Royer, all about turning your ideas into reality with a CNC router, tips and tricks, new products, interviews, and much, much more. This just got exciting. Whether you're using a CNC for business or hobby, we have great stuff in store for you. Okay, everybody, I'm excited today because this episode of this podcast, I have Stephanie Dowling and Adam James from Vetric, all the way from the UK here, joining me to uh, talk about uh, the new version 10 release that's out, as well as some other exciting stuff that's going on with Vetric. So, Stephanie, Adam, welcome. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having us. Hi, Eric. Uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to join us. Um, so, Stephanie, you're the marketing director for Vetric? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And Adam, you're technical director, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, everybody was really excited. I've, I've been following the, uh, the forums and groups and stuff on Facebook and, you know, the release of V10. It's almost funny because I equate what, what you do, like when you release a new version, kind of like what Apple does when they release a new iPhone. Um, <laughs> you know, you're like the Apple to the CNC world, which is kind of cool. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are really excited about some of these new features that you have, us included. And uh, so I thought maybe we can start by, you know, you guys want to talk about, you know, the features you're, you're most excited about? Yeah, sure. That would be, um, be nice. Okay. So, so I think we have, um, maybe I could step back and say a little bit about how we come up, come up with some of the features and the process we use. Absolutely. Um, so at the start of the process, we kind of, tend to think how do we, what are the problems that people are having with the software and how can we, um, uh, how can we make the software simpler in lots of ways because we, we know that well, we're proud of our reputation for being easy to use. So this release we started by looking at things which we just knew were irritants for people or areas where we just thought, you know what, we can do that better. So the node editing, for example, we've, um, we've really improved uh, our ability to kind of manipulate spans and beziers and i think that's once people get used to it it's a really powerful way of working um so i think we're really pleased with that in development that was one that uh, a few developers worked on and um it took a lot of iterations to get right so yeah very happy with that and um and then in the kind of 3d side of things we have this new clipping um clipping feature which is a kind of like dynamic cropping which for vcarve customers I think has a lot of um, extra power of the ability, the ability to kind of assemble more complicated arrangements um, of, of clip art. So yeah, they're the, the two that I'm kind of most excited about, I think. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I am actually excited about the clipping uh, thing too, because we do a lot of carvings and things like that here and for our demos. And yeah, that definitely made things uh, a lot more um, easier <laughs> and flexible, I guess, is, uh, is another word for it. But um, so, it, well, we, we, you want to go through, should we go through some of the features? And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link in the, uh, in the show notes for anybody that's listening. There's, there's a really good video that uh, Vetric put out that goes over some of the new features uh, of the software. And um, I'll also put a link to the page that I'm looking at for the upgrade on VCAR Pro, and it goes over everything in detail. But uh, for those of you who are driving or 
at the gym or something and not in front of a computer, I thought we could talk about, you know, some of the highlights on these features. Yeah, sure. That's, that's good. Um, I mean, there's a lot of features in that. So we've been on this for about two years. So there's, there's uh, quite a lot, but I think, um, like I said, the node editing is one that we're really, we're really pleased with the tool database got a big overhaul. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think for most people solved a few, um, a few big problems. Um, we, we did some big improvements on text, on texting curve. So building on version nine features, we really overhauled all the text in version nine. And since then we've been adding bit by bit more, um, more dynamic features mm-hmm. to, to the 2d drawing. Um, we've, we fixed some issues with sort of spacing from, from a production point of view. We, again, we, we haven't seen all of the, the power come out yet, but we've overhauled all the nesting that we've done. So we you can now nest on both sides and we give a better, a better overview of the, um, the objects that are going to be nested. We think we do it more efficiently. Mm. So yeah, we're pleased with that. Um, Sorry, Eric. No, that's okay. With regards to the tool database, so what are some specifics that are different on that uh, now versus what we've been using up until this point? So the major the major thing is that we now have a, a distinction between the, the physical tool, if you like. So in the old tool database, everyone had multiple tools for the different materials and machines that they were using. So let's say you're... Um, you've got a hardware and a software, then you, you have one tool but in the tool database, it appears as two different tools with all different feeds and speeds. And, and people often either had a proliferation of tools or they, they were kind of mistakenly using the wrong tool for, for, for a different material. Um, so we've kind of completely de- decoupled them. You can use the same physical tool and switch between like an active material. So there's a new concept of a, a material and a machine in the in the tool database. Um, so I think that's really powerful and should mean that people have uh, fewer tools in their tool database. And also, it makes it easy for you to select them. When you, when you know you're using a critic, then you, you can filter your view so you only see the tools that are applicable for that material, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think underneath the hood, there's a lot that's happened. Um, we've got an online tool database, so you can now sync your um, your tool database between um, between your computers if you're operating on multiple machines. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And we also have overhauled the naming system. So I don't know if you've ever done this, but a few times I've done this where I've named a tool incorrectly um, or updated a tool's diameter and failed to change the name. Yeah. And, and then the results are... Um, are chaotic. So we've um, we've got a new naming system that automatically reads the tool properties and inserts them into the name. So uh, we think that will solve a few of those very confusing moments where you kind of you've you've just misnamed your tool. So yeah, yeah I really like that feature, especially uh, I, we were talking prior to recording here. I mean, we have several different series of machines so i could have one tool like we're we're, we're, we use amana tools a lot here um and you know i could have one particular tool 
that I have three or four copies of in the system. One of them is for, you know, our Q series, one's for our D series, one's for hardwood, one's for softwood. And uh, it, it gets a little confusing because my tool database is massive. Uh, so to be, to be able to select that I'm using a Q series, then I only see tools that, that are set for that particular series. And then to further drill down and say, okay, I only want to look at the tools that I have set for hardwoods makes makes the the cam uh you know and programming part of a job so much quicker and it, it like you said it prevents mistakes uh which is which is excellent it's good yeah so before that you were just using a kind of a naming system where you two yeah i would come up with a naming system but my naming system would change every week i didn't have anything that was standard so you know you you would uh, or i would do the same thing i would i would uh modify a tool and uh not change the diameter of it or or something and yeah you end up with really chaotic uh, results so uh this this is in in my opinion this is one of my favorite uh, changes with v9 uh, v10 i'm sorry and uh you know I'm, I'm excited about this and because of the type of business we are and what we're doing if we only had one series of machine okay i then the machine type doesn't really matter but the hardwood, softwood, metal, you know, that part is still really powerful. So for those people that are out there that have different class machines, um, you know, there's an additional layer of organization, I guess, that you could say that you'd have now in your, in, in your uh, programming of, uh, of your jobs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think and, and it's, it's taken a lot of work. So it's, it, we, we specifically tried not to alter the, the user interface too much because mm -hmm. you don't. So actually, I don't even think what's visible really reflects the, the amount of effort that went into it. So it's really pleasing when people are using it and they're, they're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't think people realize how much work is actually in the code and stuff behind the scenes. You, when you look at the interface, it's like, ah, oh, this just looks similar, you know. But yeah, I mean, that's why. So you you guys normally come out with what one major version update a year, or is that kind of the trend you go by, or? Yeah, so we, we do um, alternate our releases. So every other year will be a major release, okay. um, and in between them, there's a kind of what we refer to internally as a minor release so but to be honest most of the time although it starts off that we're thinking okay for following a major release what we're going to do is kind of tidy up some of those things and add a couple of extra features <laughs> half the time it does end up being um does end up with some really um important features as well and we do kind of everything kind of gets ahead of us and we before we know it we've almost in as much work as for a major release for, for mm -hmm. what we're referring to internally as a minor one. And just for those people that don't know, so when you have a minor release, that's uh, that's just it's included in the original purchase. The, it'll say new release available, um, and they'll be able to download that, correct? Yeah, so the way it works is for anybody that's got the, um, the same major version. So, for example, anybody that had uh, that purchased version 9 or upgraded to version 9 will automatically receive um, version 9.5, which is what we call our minor releases, um, for free automatically. Um, again, anybody that's purchased or upgraded to version 10 will ultimately get 10.5 for free as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so our upgrade policy is... Uh, 12 months worth of free upgrades regardless of whether it's a major or minor release from the original purchase okay uh, and following that 
um, for every for if any upgrades, we do three months of. Um, so if, if if you were to upgrade your product, say to nine point five, uh, within three months before ten was released, you would get ten for free. Oh, okay. Well, that's excellent. Yeah, like I uh, I was telling you before, a lot of my customers when they buy Vetric uh, Fluence, they always ask, well, is there a monthly reoccurring, or am I going to have to renew this? And and uh, it's kind of nice to say no. You 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 could buy nine point five, and if that's all you ever need. I guess you could keep it, you know, for exactly. as long until you, unless you phase it out for some reason. Um, yeah, exactly. But- I think it is a common misconception with, um, obviously, with this being in the software industry, that there is going to be an ongoing maintenance fee or a monthly fee. Um, with Vetric, there's absolutely not. We, you know, the price that you pay is the software that you get. The yearly um, upgrades are optional. So, and what we do actually suggest is that people go online, download the free trial. Even if you're a current customer, you can download the, a free trial of the the current version, check out the new features, see if it's going to make your life easier, see if there's a new feature that you really love. Um, and if so, obviously, go ahead, purchase the upgrade if, if you're not getting it for free. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no reason that if you're perfectly happy with the software that you've you've already purchased and there's no new features that really you know are going to make your day-to-day life in the software any easier there's absolutely no reason why you'd need to pay for the upgrade Mm -hmm. now one change you guys made over the last year is you went from uh, physical uh, disk or usb drive to being able to download the software now online correct yes that's right so the online portal um, that you get when you become a veteran customer uh, what what are some of the features that people um would would be happy to have with regards to that that new uh new product you have um so uh, our online portal is called vnco and it was released um in 2017 when we released version 9 so that's the first time that we kind of introduced um, an upgrade system where you could manage it yourself log into your own account look at the software that you had available to you and choose to upgrade and do it all there and then and have your software immediately um, also within Vinco, so when we did launch it, we were really keen that it would um, kind of uh, include everything that we we kind of class as coming from Vectric or within our community and for our community. Um, so we wanted one place where all of the cool stuff we were doing, like the free projects, um, some of the case studies and user content, some of our events and the write-up from those events, um, we're all in one place as well as the software where you could download it and access all of your clip art that you're entitled to. So we really felt that um, the introduction of VNCO was really important for us and actually really gave all of our customers somewhere that they felt was theirs and somewhere that they felt they could find everything from Vectric that they would need. Um, and obviously it gives you that resilience as well because it was fantastic that we were sending out a usb or a, a disc but actually if you lost it and your computer crashed so you, you couldn't get your software again whereas now obviously all you need to do is obviously log into your vnco account and then you can download it um, and install it from there and your license code is safe and you don't have to worry about all you need to know obviously know is your own email address so it makes life a lot easier yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And I guess that's important for people that are listening too. I, I, I'm wondering how many people like go into the Vimco account to download it, but then never really click around. But there's a lot of information there to, to get. And I, I, so I encourage anybody who's, you know, who has access to that 
to to go in and and use it because you have a lot of uh, a lot of good information to make you know learning the software and expanding your capabilities uh, much easier and, and giving yeah. ideas. Yeah. Um, the other thing there is actually this year we have made uh, VNCO accessible to people that aren't yet Vectric customers. So if you have only downloaded a free trial of our software and you're kind of learning it and getting to know it and you want to know, okay, what will I, what will I get? as well as this, if I'm a Vectric customer, how will I be treated? What can I expect to see? What can I get from you every month? Obviously, you can now actually have a VMCO account without being a customer. You can see the projects that are available. You can view all of the video tutorials that we have. You can access the Vectric forum, view our social media channels. So there's a lot um, of content within there, even if you're not yet a Vectric customer and you can really kind of feel included in the community. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, without actually owning the software. Yeah, no, that that's that's great. I I love the fact that of the that you guys offer the the free trial too. The it's and it, and when you download it, it's a fully working copy. The only thing is, what you can't output the more than a few lines of G code. I think was the limitation. Yeah. So actually, yeah, there's um you can't output. So we have a few files. I think half a dozen or so that you can you can output fully. So. We encourage people to test it completely with a machine, make sure uh, it works with their controller software. Um, but yeah, the, the limitation other than that is just that you, you can't output. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that's good if you if you do eventually decide to buy, then at least the projects that you made as a kind of trial user, they can kind of be used um, and they're all saved. We don't have any of this kind of save restriction or feature restriction. Yeah. So, yeah when you're ready to upgrade, then all or become a full customer, then you're not having to reset, which we think is important. Well, a lot of um, a lot of our customers are first-time CNCers, and uh, you know, I, I kind of made a commitment to people a long time ago, a new customer, that if they give me an hour, I can show them how to reasonably be comfortable to to do a, a, a simple project in in Vetric without being scared, you know, and and yeah. um, it's you know when we have people coming for training, really that's all it takes. Um, you know, obviously there's a you know to really get into the software, you, you know, I'm still learning. It's a continual learning thing as you have projects come up, but you know it's it's not a scary program. And and to me, uh, you know, with dealing with newer people in the CNC world. One of the most exciting things I have, and I think one of the greatest things you guys offer, is the rendering at the end. Um, you know, to be able to see what your project is going to look like, make sure the depths are right, make sure you're cutting on the right side of the line, all those things before you actually get to your machine. And, you know, it's a, a lot of my customers are, are amazed that, you know, you could actually spend a lot of time and learn how to use the software without even going to your CNC machine. So you could build up that confidence. Uh, you know, I always tell people if it doesn't look right in the preview, uh, there's no magic fairy that's going to make it better when you get to the CNC machine. It's it's it has to look right on the screen, and the accuracy and stuff of that is incredible. So that's that really awesome feature. As you know, for us coming from us, especially selling machines and, and dealing with uh, with new users, um, it's just I could be really confident with every customer that I know that they're going to be successful right away with the software. It's not going to take a lot of work. Yeah, we were we we're very proud of that, and I think with, there's a lot of work that goes on. That means that um, you know that that bit of code is the same. The, the bit of code that makes the the preview work is the same. That bit of code that will output your toolpath. So um, you, yeah, 
exactly as you said, you, you can be sure that if the preview looks right, that that's how that's how it will appear once the machine starts moving. So, um, yeah. One one of the things that um, that was a kind of new, I guess, with what version nine or nine point five, when you started to incorporate rotary axis, uh, I forget which version that was. So well, we've had we had um, a, a gadget version of rotary pre version nine, but the the big work on um, rotary came in nine point five. Uh, yes, so again, that was actually an entirely um, free upgrade. So if you were a nine customer, you would have received this big overhaul of the our, our rotary um, stuff just for free so um, we we were uh, we found we were quite generous with that one um, but yeah we, we decided to incorporate sort of um, rotary jobs as a first class citizen in the software so now when you start a new job you kind of choose between a, a one-sided two-sided or a, a rotary job and, um, and and everything can be simulated in in 3D, so the rotary simulation all looks right, and the, the, the components wrap around each other. Yes, that, that was a big improvement, I think, to our rotary offering. Yeah, that you and you made even more improvements with version 10 on the rotary, correct? The, with the was it with the wrapping? Yeah, so the path projection wrapping, yeah, that got that got overhauled as well for version 10. Um, so, as Stephanie said before, when we finish a release, often we just think. Oh, if only we had a bit more time, we could get this. We get this extra feature, and so those often form the basis for the next, the start of the next release, and that's that's exactly what happened. So yeah, with this um, the toolpath projection. Um, so so for example, if you if you wanted to engrave some text around or vcarve some text around um, a spiraled object, then um, we made that process a lot simpler. Uh, and you'd be able to see what it looks like uh, in the preview accurately, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you? I know there's a couple different types of fourth axis. You know, there's index fourth axis, there's wrapping, and then there's also where you can, you know, bring in an STL model and and kind of carve that. Now, is that a feature you guys have as well, where you could bring in an STL and like a, a chess piece or something and and actually carve that? Yes. Yeah. So we have. Um, uh, the ability to for you to bring in and it, and it unwraps it. So it probably is important to say that w the, what we have, our fourth access offering is kind of wrapped rotary. Um, okay. So uh, we are often thinking that you would replace one of your axes with a, um, you know, one of your X, Y, or Z axes with a, with a, an A axis. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not continuous 40 or like, you know, five axis, like some people maybe suspect. Right. And we, would, we wouldn't want to kind of mislead people. But um, yes, we, we you can bring in a 3D chess piece and uh, that you can get online. There's loads of, load, with the advent of 3D printers, there's loads more um, uh, 3D clip art available online. Right. You can bring, and it kind of turns it into a flattened job that is then wrapped around um, for you. So, and that all just happens automatically, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, we've been selling a fourth axis now for years, and uh, there was very few options that you can go to to come up with a good CAM program that would allow you to do that. Uh, so when you introduced that, it was great for us because all the customers around the world that have fourth axis, it was now a product that they could use uh, regularly um, and easily, I guess. And so that yeah, we were excited about that when when you guys uh, 
release that. And I know a lot of my customers uh, really taking full advantage of that as well. I think the, the, the other, one of the other nice virtue features is this kind of vector unwrapping one. So you just, you draw what you expect the cross section of a of your piece to be, like um, let's say a hex, hexagonal piece or something like that. And you, you just go to the unwrapping tool and you say unwrap and it will turn it you know, into the toolpaths that you can run on your on your um, fourth axis machine if you have one. And, um, that's a really just it's just really simple to use for mm -hmm. for those easy, those easy jobs. But well, what should be an easy job, and we hope it is. Now the other the other thing you um, added, and again I, I apologize, I don't remember which version, but we use it all the time. Is is the uh, two sided machining? Um, that was a real trip beforehand trying to plan out a job to do, okay, when it flip it over, how is it going left to right or front to back and how's it all going to line up? Uh, that, that's something we use here all the time. And it's, it's so much easier now to do that. And you've added some improvements on that feature as well with version 10, right? Yeah. So I think the, the two sided stuff came in version nine and, um, yeah. So as I said earlier, we definitely improved the, the nesting. So it used to be the case that you could get things on two sided jobs. And, but then if you wanted to um, nest those things that that just what happens out of the box now you don't really have to set up your job or link things it just happens automatically so that's improved um, the rendering has it, it has improved as well um, so yeah we, we we're improving that side of things all the time but but version 9 was was a big one for the, the double-sided stuff yeah just so we've got people on version uh, even you know we have a lot of customers who as you said before, they're really happy with their version eights, um, and maybe they haven't seen some of what's been added in the, not just in version ten, but in, in version nine point five and version nine. Yeah, the other thing too that I, uh, I'm, I, a lot of my customers don't even realize, and you know, is the tabs on the left hand side at the bottom to really go through those and take a look because you have clip art that's available. Um, there's some 3D models that are available that are already built into the software. And some of the new 2D clip art you've added, like cribbage boards and things like that, are, are really powerful because it saves a lot of design time to make something like that. And, uh, you know, so I, I encourage people to really click around in the software. You might be surprised at what's sitting there that you didn't even know you had access to. And obviously for version 10 as well, we've actually included more of that um, because we've included, um, well, you get the option now, if you purchase version 10 or you upgrade to version 10, you get the option at the point of purchase to choose a free uh, clip art project from our sister company Design and Make. Mm -hmm. uh, and also at the same time, there are options to purchase additional models um, at a discounted rate at the point that you are upgrading. Um, so yeah, all the time, obviously, new new 3D models and uh, new clip art is being added to the programs or, you know, with the releases, we tend to add some as well. So there's always kind of new stuff. So you don't necessarily, especially if you're talking to your new customers, you don't necessarily have to know what you're doing right from the outset to create something really impressive because obviously if you do take some of that clip art that's already created for you and incorporate it into your job you can come you know you can quite easily create something that looks really impressive kind of in, in minimal time really and with with minimal work within the software as well yeah definitely and that's uh, yeah that's something that we're trying to push to people too with some of the latest videos we're at is some of these features and uh, the uh, things that are available to them, whether it's free or included or, or, you know, design and make, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, that's, uh, 
I, I, I know a lot of, a lot of people don't necessarily know about that right off the bat, but the, um, the projects that are in there are incredible and the ability to be able to bring in these 3d models and manipulate them in you know, hundreds of different ways to, to get a custom, uh, piece is, is, is awesome. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, um, is, it's actually part of your company. Now you said it's a sister company, correct? Yes, yeah. So um, Designer Make has been kind of incorporated into Vectric, but just sit as a, a kind of a, a standalone brand um, in that sense. But we are all the time, we're kind of including new pieces of their um, clip art into the program. Um, obviously, we do focus heavily on the ease of use of the program. So obviously, the more things that we can include from, from Designer Make's perspective, ultimately really helps the customers especially if they are brand new to it mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean designer make we um we acquired designer make in 2014 i think it was um and ever since then you know we've been really trying hard to kind of bring the two companies closer and closer together incorporate it as much as we can and as well kind of take some of Vectric's ethics and how we kind of have created the software and what we've really focused on and really bring that into design and make and and offer you know projects that are flexible but also give you a lot of inspiration um, that can be used for for a lot of different purposes and a lot of different creations as you say there's kind of a hundred different ways you can use the same projects um, and can make a lot of projects with it so that is something that we're constantly trying to kind of bring closer to Vectric and, and kind of offer even more as, as we go on. Mm -hmm. Now in version 10, you also uh, did something to uh, speed up the roughing part of your tool pass to kind of shorten the amount of time that it takes to produce a 3d carve project. Correct. Yeah. So what there are actually two big changes there. The, th the first was um, that um, we changed our raster strategy. So I don't know if you've ever come across this problem, but sometimes people will have a, an issue where they're machining something and perhaps it's an odd shape. And so it, 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 as the raster runs along, it, it, it finishes one part and then it, it goes and starts another part. And eventually the two lines come to meet and they leave an, an, an upstand or a ridge. Mm -hmm. And as that gets machined away, then... Um, then it can leave an unsightly mark because it, the, maybe the material, the wood snaps or it doesn't, it doesn't quite finish in the same way. So we, we've done a lot of work trying to improve that, our algorithm there, so it, so it reduces these sort of... Yeah, we, we tested it the other day and it, and it, it trimmed uh, almost 20% of time off a job that we were working on. So that was awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so that, and that's the other aspect of it. It's, it is quicker and it... And it and for the right kind of job, it will make a big improvement or it will machine down. So if it's rather than jumping between different regions, it will focus on one region. So, um, yeah, we, we've really, you know, we, we take a lot of care and seeing what people are, are, are saying. And that was one of the things people wanted improving. So, we, yeah, we took a look at it. Now, one, one new feature, too, that uh, is the um, having optimized the clearance tools for when you're doing V-carving. Uh, what was the what was the reason behind adding that in, and what's the advantage of that? So um, one of the one of the big factors is that um, a lot of people perhaps are using very very fine, particularly engravers. They're using very fine tool, V-bit tools, to do their um, 
their, their, their engraving work. And um, so they, with only having one roughing tool, they were forced to say, maybe use, use a smaller roughing tool to make sure that they had, they cleared enough area out so that the, their very fine tools would could only operate on small small areas. So the idea is that rather than just having two tools, you stack up. You you just say these are my tools, and if you happen to have a tool changer, this is this is really powerful. You you just have your six tools and you stack them up, and and it it reduces the cutting time because you're using the biggest tool possible, mm-hmm. um, and it reduces the tool wear because. Again, you're using the biggest tool possible for that area. So you're, those those really small, um, fine detail tools won't be used anywhere near as much as, as they might if you had to choose to use a really big tool to clear clear area up. So, uh, yeah, that will make a big difference, I think, to a lot of people. So is that kind of like rest machining a little bit, where if you select your three tools, it's gonna the big tool is gonna machine out the 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 bulk of it, but then when you go to the next tool down, it's not going to remachine space you've already done. It's just going to do the the tighter parts around the perimeter. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, it's essentially rest machining for V carving. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, the the last feature that uh, that I I think is pretty great with uh, V10 too is like it looks like now you've incorporated um, well actually two things. I saw I see now that you have. Uh, you made it easier to do lithophane work uh, within the program. Yeah, so we've uh, for um, we've added a lithophane preview mode, so you can actually preview what the the lithophanes will look like. So, um, as you were saying before, uh, the the preview is actually is a really powerful tool, and we've we've just extended it so that um, now you can visualize how how a lithophane will look as the light sort of passes through it. Yeah, um, which. Um, looks quite impressive I think and, and if you're maybe sending out images to potential customers or um, that sort of thing then I think it'll be really useful you know everyone knows when they preview a lithophane they actually they look they look terrible until you hold them up for those of you who don't know what a lithophane is I encourage you to uh, google search it and see um, in our demo room and in our lobby we, we always have a, a lithophane there and uh, it's funny because when people come and they look at some of the samples, I'll hand them a lithophane and they look at it like, really, this is what your machine produces? And I'm like, yeah, just hold it up to the light for a second. And the look on their face is always priceless. It's like a magic trick. You know, they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that was possible, you know. And 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 then people are like, that's cool. Uh, you know, especially like um, I have a couple customers are wedding photographers that they offer uh, lithophanes as a as a product to to their customers. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's really cool. So yeah, for those of you that don't know what those, what a lithophane is, please look it up. It's, uh, it's a pretty neat thing you can do with a CNC. And and the weird thing is lithophanes is like very, very old. Like it's been around for hundred over a hundred years. It's, it's not a technology driven thing. It's lithophanes have been around for a long, long time. Um, they were just done manually, I guess, uh, at, at one point in time. So it's it's really cool that you can do that with a machine. Um, the other thing was you incorporated now some features from Photo VCarve into V10. Yeah, the Photo VCarve strategy is included, okay. which is a which is a different strategy. Which um, so like a lithophane, we we would read an image and and then we we use a V bit tool or an engraving tool and we dip that that tool in um, along these lines. 
to the correct depth so, so that it looks like a almost um, like a one of these newspaper print mm-hmm. sort of images. And you have to play with the settings and choose the right material. Soft materials, it doesn't work so well. Um, but when once you've got a strategy that works, I think it, the results are really impressive. And we've we played around a lot with it when we were doing the um, release preparation and. Uh, one of our application engineers, I think, got some really nice, yeah, some really nice results. So. Yeah, we've had good results with it too, using melamine, uh, which is kind of cool because you got it's always white on the top, and then, you know, you've got the wood underneath. So that's a really good material to see the the difference in shadings and stuff from it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that those sorts of materials would be ideal. I know some people kind of fi- finish them, or they they want to apply paint or something in them yeah. as well, to just to make those lines stand out a bit but um, yeah once you've got technique down i think it, it works really well i i have a customer who uh bought a machine recently and his uh what what he does is he does a lot of one-off project uh work for for uh for people and um so it's like uh, he'll do some prototypes but it's more for like craft kind of stuff like stuff you'd see on pinterest as opposed to like technical parts that you would use to build a machine and one of the things he was most excited about was the fact that he can now import um, different material uh, textures. So because what he uses a lot is he, he, he wants to use the preview uh, that you offer and then send that image to the customer for an approval before he actually goes ahead and cuts the job. So being able to bring in an, a material that's extremely close or, or very accurate to what the actual product is going to look like uh, he thought that was amazing, so I, you know, I, I think that's a really neat thing to to be aware of too. Yeah, it's nice that people can extend their library. In fact, I think the the textures that are included by default they go back a long way, and they were the owner of the company actually added these textures in by going to the local hardware store and taking photos of the wooden samples. And so um, it's nice that people are have been able to extend that beyond those um, original photos. Yeah. So, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about some of the new features and stuff. I mean, what, what other things does, does Vetric have that is exciting that you want to, you want to tell uh, the listeners about that they may not know about? Okay. So some of the things that we're working on at the moment, um, we are really trying to focus on broadening um, our offering to non-English speaking territories. So for version 10, we actually released um, an English, uh, sorry, a German and an Italian version of our website. Um, and also this corresponding training materials in terms of um, getting started with our software videos um, and uh, supporting documentation and help guys within the software as well. So for a long time now, we have offered the software in multiple languages, but it was actually the supporting um, kind of materials that we what we felt were really missing. So guiding people through the process with the tutorial videos and the documentation, um, we felt really Im- were really important and were really missing. We really hope that obviously by trying to take the time to um you know really understand what it what it means to other people to actually have the software the documentation and the training in their kind of their language that they you know they're most comfortable with we understand that 
we, you know, we really feel that this is an important way for us to move forward and really offer our community the way that we feel really strongly. We've got a really strong community at Vectric, um, and we want to we want to incorporate others into that and and make it so that that's possible rather than that they're kind of left on the outside trying to learn it for themselves without any help from us. So we do think that's important. Yeah, very much so. I feel bad now that we're doing this podcast in English. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe get it, next year. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it transcribed in uh, in German. That would, that would be great. Um, <laughs> anything else that's that's going on that? Uh, yes, we've got our. Um, so every year we do um, our user group meetings. So this is an opportunity for um, anybody within our community, both customers um, and to come along to a two-day event um, that we host in the US, um, usually in a different place to try and kind of make it more accessible for for more people. Um, this year, we're going to be um, doing our user group in Denver. So we'll be arriving um, next month, and the user group is a two-day event that is on the 11th and the 12th of October. Um, and we've got 320 attendees who will be coming um, basically, the two-day event covers um, Vectric training presentations, so we'll have um, kind of seven or eight guest speakers as well, so they come along and, you know, these are people that are using the software every day for their own businesses and for their own projects, um, and they actually then speak to the community about how they go about it, whether they've got um, kind of tips and tricks, whether that's within the software or even on finishing the project, so it's a really good way for people either getting into the software or you know that really want to learn even more about it to kind of get to know other people that are doing exactly what they're doing or what they or, or have been yeah i went last year to chicago that was the first time i i had gone and uh i thought it was awesome I, I met a lot of great people learned i learned quite a bit too from uh some of the presentations and and some of the projects that uh your, your presenters did. I know there was one customer that made this huge, uh, I forgot what it was. It was a, like a, this massive, um, uh, replica of a statue. Uh, yeah. The Octotitis. Yeah. And they did it all out of foam and stacked it. And that, that was a, that was, that was pretty, uh, crazy. The project was amazing. Um, I mean, we, we tried to kind of include some of these kind of, you know, people don't understand some of the projects that are being made in the software and some of the stories are incredible um, of what people are doing all the time in the software and what they're making. And you look at it and think, how, where did you even start to do that? So, yeah, I think although obviously the training is a huge um a huge benefit to come into these kind of events because, you know, we are, we're the people making the software and we're the ones doing the training face to face. That's really important. But hearing the stories and how people have gone about their projects and what they do daily with it is, you know, it's really inspirational for us, let alone all of the users in the audience. Yeah, uh, it's the same with us, too. I mean, uh, you know, when, when our customers are posting different projects that they do and they're talking about or doing videos, um, yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. It's nice to go home at night knowing, you know, you really made a difference in somebody's uh life with what you're providing and what they can do and you know whether they started a business or whatnot it's i i, I take a lot of personal satisfaction in in that yeah. every day yeah um so one question i have that um i i told some of my customers that i was going to do this interview and uh the the question basically is about the uh the mac 
And if you guys ever had plans in the future of uh, releasing a, a native um, iOS version of the of the uh, software, I, I would say that you know that a, a, a Mac version of Aspire won't be out by the end of the year. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that in all you know, we are aware of the fact that that percentage of people on that platform is going up and. Um, we would hope probably that there would be a a vetric product on a different platform. You know, like I said, that won't be a, a, a Spire because there's a lot of work that that's involved. But I think people people would I wouldn't like to say no to people because that or I wouldn't like people to not recognise that we see we see that that's what they want and we're trying behind the scenes to to move ourselves mm-hmm. onto, onto different platforms and. Um, I think every software developer sort of knows that some, you know, you don't want to be tied to Windows or, or um, OS X, for example. Right. So, yeah, but there's also the company is 15, 10, 15 years old, and so we have to unpick some of the work as well, and and uh, and we need to at the same time maintain reliability. So we're, so we we wouldn't make a decision about releasing a product without being sure that we could really do that in a, in a in a way that wasn't damaging for us and for the customers and also a way that we could support because uh, you, we're happy to support windows machines because everybody at work uses them and all the all the, the support people are trained in the operating systems so uh, it's not just about can we produce the software but can we be proud of of our offering mm-hmm. on that platform as well well, I think what a lot of people don't realize is uh, you're basically starting from scratch with new code to make it work for a Mac. So it is it is a tremendous amount of work. Now, I am an avid Mac user. I, I'm, not a big, um, I'm not a big Windows fan. Uh, so everything I have is connected and it's all Mac. But I use uh, Parallels, which I, I saw a post this morning on a Facebook group where somebody was asking if they can use uh, Vetric on a Mac. And... I replied right away and I'm like, absolutely. I mean, you could use boot camp or you can use parallels and the program works flawlessly. Uh, there's, there's no issues whatsoever. So that is one way to, to u- utilize the software, even if you are, you know, like me and you're, you're primarily a Mac user. And I'm, I think I, I was surprised to hear that because I, I guess as a Mac user, you just um, assume everybody knows that there's parallels or there's boot camp to be able to run windows programs on a Mac. But it's surprising how many people don't know that. Yeah, yeah, and and because of the way some of the the software is constructed, actually, um, we find it does work really well on those. So although we don't officially support that, um, we we definitely find it runs well because we don't use some of the more. Um, we try to run on as many people's computers as possible, mm-hmm. and so uh, there are hardware features that we wouldn't exploit. Because we feel like that that would mean that we'd have issues with lots of people not having the right graphics cards and drivers, etc. And because of that, actually, we find we have good compa- compatibility with um, parallels. And, um, yeah, it works really well for me. I mean, I'm using a 2014 MacBook Pro that I I just can't seem to envision ever getting rid of because it's it's still fast. It does everything I need and. Uh, I, you know, I'm using that. So it's not like you have to have a brand new Mac. I'm, I'm using an older one. And 
Yeah. I've had I've had no issues whatsoever. In fact, I don't think I've I've really ever come across anybody online that, uh, or at least in the groups that I'm normally in that complain that there was any issues running it with Parallels or boot camps. So uh, that you know that's encouraging. I have a lot of customers that do it. Uh, However, our software that we use to drive our machine is also Windows-based. And when somebody asks, well, can I run that on a Mac? I'm a little questioning the software you absolutely can, but why would you want to take a $2,000 MacBook and put it next to a machine that's making dust and chips? It doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, when you could buy a $200 Windows computer to do the job or used one, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah, it, it's... Uh, but yeah, I was asked that. I was asked to ask you that, so I can check that off my list. It's a question we ask a lot. So. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you know, Apple is a very popular product. Uh, so, all right, well, that this is great. I uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time. I know we went over a lot of stuff. Um, was there anything else that I, we missed that you might want to mention, or? Um. I think, to be honest, they've kind of covered a lot of it. Um, obviously, we we kind of always just do mention the extra things that we offer all of our customers, which um, are our monthly projects. So we're always releasing new monthly projects that are available to majority of our customers from their Reinco accounts. And we'll be working hard after the user group meeting to produce some new Christmas projects that we do every year so kind of that's what's on this year looking out and then obviously working on 10.5 which isn't real having only just released 10 version 10 but yeah we'll we'll obviously keep going and keep trying to take on as many um of the requests and the uh, suggestions for improvements to the software you know we d- we are always listening to our customers and we do always want to improve it and keep the ease of use and yeah, we just kind of, whilst we've got the opportunity to say it um, here with you, obviously we do appreciate all of our customers, and yeah, we're st- we're all we'll always be listening, so it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's great. And again, uh, Stephanie, Adam, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys are busy over there, um, yep. always, and uh, you know I know the listeners are going to appreciate. Uh, hearing some of the stuff we talked about and I know a lot of people are super excited about you know if they didn't get v10 yet they're anxious to download it and start using it so um, you know great job I mean we we love you guys we've been working uh, pretty much exclusively with you for years now and uh, our customers are happy and it makes our product better uh, and and expands the capability of what our product can do so for that I, th- I thank you guys uh, a lot for everything you do Oh, thank you, Eric, yeah, and thank, thank you, you, obviously, for for having us here and for listening to us. Okay, well, <laughs> I appreciate it, and you guys have a have a great day, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you when uh, version eleven comes out. Wonderful, thanks, Eric. <laughs> All right, thank you.